for doing product. Oh, hey! <laughs> Hi, this is the Media Book Podcast. It is December. It is December the 20... 7th? 27th. 27th. 2017. This is episode 104 of the Media Boat Podcast. And guess what, guys? It is the last episode, not only of 2017 for us, but it's the last episode of our season two, our second full season of Media Boat Podcast. Media Boat Podcast, in case you don't know, is your source for news about movies, television, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm, I'm here. He's busy I'm here. Uh, doing social media things right now. Uh, but yes, uh, we're going to get rolling into it. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Mike. He's Matt. I'm here. Hi. Hi. Hi, uh, everyone on YouTube. We brought you an entire uh, second year of podcasting, and we're not going to stop here. Of course, the next time you hear us... Matt, we've done it. We will be, yeah. We, we've hit we've done two it. seasons. We're going to do another one. Um, next week will be a first <gasps> episode of season four, season three. Season three. I had myself <laughs> there. Season three of the Media Mode Podcast. But before we do that, we'll have to wrap up the year. And just so happens, we're doing just that the rest of this week. If you're a loyal listener, you'll know that this week we've been dropping podcasts on you like hot, like hot chickens, like uh, Foster Farms. We've been giving you little presents to wrap every single day. Yes, on uh, sorry, unwrap. Don't wrap. We had our top five lists and our year in uh, review wrap up episodes that have been going up every day. Um, You had movies and TV already coming tomorrow. Will be video uh, music Music. and Friday uh, this week will be video games. So depending on the time you're listening to this, you may have all those already in your podcast stocking. Right, and then sometime this weekend, or maybe even on the first, we'll put up the end of 2017 year in review. Yeah. And what we look forward to in 2018. But today will be a regular-ass podcast. So oh, it's not regular. Hey. But you know what I mean. I know what you It'll mean. It'll be a normal podcast, or last one, before the end of the year. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, so yeah, let's just go roll in into it right now. Yes, we always start, of course, with the weekend movie box office. And no surprise as to what is number one. Yeah, no surprise at all. Star Wars Last Jedi is still your number one movie, making another $99 million. Just under the $100 million mark that I put up there. Unfortunately, uh, this is, of course, one of the biggest drops for a Star Wars movie. 55%, which is not bad. Uh, what was it? 55% is what you have right oh, now. Oh, yes. Because um, <laughs> that was a four-day weekend total. Yes, four days. Yes. Uh, the three-day, however, was a 67% drop. That's, yeah, that's a little bit steeper. Yes. But really, what do you expect when it had the second biggest opening in the first weekend? Uh, of all time. I mean, hey. Well, that followed by all everyone bearing, being very divisive yeah. about whether people should go see it or not. But still, uh, still people saw it. And yep. in mass droves, way more than its closest competitor, which of course, number two, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, made $55 million in its opening, uh, opening uh, week. Yes, say. Uh, first weekend. It did open yeah. like on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, like wearing the cl- club goes up. Yep. Uh, number three, Pitch Perfect three debuting this week at number three with twenty six million dollars. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, pull for that. Yeah, not bad. Greatest Showman coming in at number four with four, another fourteen million, and Ferdinand staying around with another ten. So uh, that's your top five. So that's your top five. Now uh, you we've already talked about all these movies uh, except for Ferdinand, which neither of us have seen. No. So we can skip ahead to next week. So, next big releases we have are... Skipping a bit. Well, I guess we're pretty much winding down, winding down the year. Yep. Uh, we have two major releases left, and that's it. Yes, uh, both Eric, these releases come out today. Today, but really the weekend, because nobody sees movies except for crazy people on Thursdays. Yes, hi, crazy person. Uh, Molly's Game, that's the Aaron Sorkin-directed uh, film. And uh, Phantom Thread, which is the new... Uh, uh, Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, yeah, uh, not to confuse with Wes Anderson. No, very different. Yes. So, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yes. Tour de Force. Daniel Day Lewis's final yes. performance. So, yeah, final film. Uh, he did not die, he just announced retirement. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are interested in that. Uh, but 
I did see a couple movies. All right, what did you see? I knew you saw Molly's Game. Oh, yes. You want to talk about Molly's Game? All right, so yeah, let's get to our thoughts here. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts real quick. So, uh, before I get to Molly's Game, I'm going to talk about downsizing. Okay, so you saw downsizing as well. That's, yes. Uh, one of last week's new releases. Right, the, this was the uh, Christmas release for last week. Yeah. Um, downsizing. Um, it's been quite a year for Matt Damon. Yeah, not all great. Quite quite a, a dismal year yeah. for Bad Damon. Not, not all of it's been good, and not all of it was good. I don't think there was anything that was good. No, not a lot of positive coming out of it. Yeah, so, Matt Damon. Uh, so at the beginning of the year he had The Great Wall, yeah. which uh, floundered here at uh, Stateside. Right. And then in October he had the Conan Brothers written... Cohen Brothers, not the Conan Brothers. Yes. It's probably a very different writing duo. Yes, the, the Cohen Brothers written, George Clooney directed pick, uh, Suburbicon, which right. came and went so fast, I don't even think it stayed two no weeks at the box hour. office. Yeah, no. Yes, and that brings us to his final film of the year, Downsizing, uh, which was uh, written by uh, Alexander Payne. Yeah. So and directed not, by Alexander Payne. It's uh, a, a little bit of bu- uh, buzz to it. Yes. Uh, the basic concept was that in order to save the environment, um, you shrink yourself uh, to bit roughly like an inch ha- tall, and you basically live a life of luxury right. because of it. Yes. Um, that should have been the gimmick. And, oh, well, that is the gimmick, and should have had... Tons of hilarious, hey, look how big this thing is compared. And look how much I have living now. Yeah. And that should have been the gimmick for this movie. It should have been a lighthearted comedy, you would think. But it's not. But it's not. And that is what has a bunch of people turned off on this thing. Okay. Uh, because it is definitely an Alexander Payne movie. Uh, but by what I mean by that is that it is very much a character-driven film. Sure. Um. There's very little actual gimmicks and very little actual comedy in this thing um, compared to what is essentially a Matt Damon, I'm still going to save people because I am a Matt Damon Damon lead character. (laughs) (laughs) So from that aspect, it's not really a good film. Okay. Uh, There's some elements that are well done, but... From the beginning of the film, where you know you're supposed to like save the environment, to the end of the film, where you're still like saving people, it's not really a good transition, and it's not really well okay. done. How much of this is because it wasn't the thing you thought it was? A good chunk of it. Yeah. But then once I got over that, it still did end up being a good movie. Okay. Um, Matt date I mean, there's like three time jumps in the film. Right. And for me, you can't do that. Because <laughs> you get too confused about, like, okay, when is this? Yes. What matters? Why did we do this? Well, because they first jump forward five years from the creation of Downsizing to announcing it. Then they jump forward another ten years to where they introduce Matt Damon to it. And then they jump forward another year after he's been downsized. And then they jump forward yeah. another couple of years. It sounds like they could have just introduced this movie with that already being a thing that exists in the world. Yes. And that not been a problem. Right. But did. because, you know, world building, yeah. that they that for some reason they thought they had to initialize, like, this is where it started and this is why it started. Instead yeah. of doing one of those news broadcasts or TED Talks you could do <laughs> to speed things up. Yeah. You want a little bit more Pope in the pool, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to the Pope just flattering right in front of you. Oh, yeah. And everybody in the narrator explaining what the Pope is doing. Yes. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just... disappointing, because it seemed like that thing might have been okay. But... Yes. Had this thing been done by a different director with yeah. a more comedic take? Yeah. Uh, with Matt Damon still in the role, it would have been good. <laughs> so you think Matt Damon's fine in this thing? No, no, this is not Matt Damon's fault. Okay. This is an Alexander Payne fault. Okay. Uh, like I said, because he is definitely a character-driven director, and yeah. the stuff he writes and the stuff he directs are very uh, central, character-centralized in terms of like internal struggles. Sure. The fact that you have an external um, plot point in terms of like people getting small. 
is not an internal conflict that you can like show, and so it struggles to walk that. Um, it struggles to keep your interest past that, because the because once everything gets like resized and you accept the world that they're in, there is no more of that. Oh, haha, that thing's big, or yeah, haha. Like I get you. Like I understand. Like you're still small. It's no longer about that. Yes. At a certain point. Right, and then that loses the whole charm of the movie. Yeah. And that loses me as an audience member. So it sounds like this is a solid stream. It. Oh yeah. I'm gathering is don't bother paying for 15 bucks for this. Wait until it's on Netflix or something and put it on. If yeah. You have, like if you want to put something on for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even if you want to just miss it completely, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Nothing about this. There's not. It's not like it's an idiocracy. Bad. It's just not what you wanted it to be. Yeah, it's not like an idiocracy thing where you're gonna want to see it like five years down the line or something. It's just a thing that existed. It's not gonna be culturally relevant in ten years. Yeah. <laughs> no. Unless somebody actually develops that technology. Oh, yes. <laughs> and if so, can you uh, put your resources towards curing cancer instead? Thank you. That, yes, that's actually <laughs> one of the, the, the things they brought up at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Of like, oh, like they can make people small, but they can't cure my diabetes. Like, well, good job, science. And then they that character ends up like dying via time skip. Oh, God. So it's like... Thanks, movie. Okay, thanks, movie. Like, you introduce this character that, that, out. that is no longer relevant after the scene they're in. Alright, well, okay, that doesn't sound great. But what else did you see? But I also saw Molly's Game. This is the Aaron Sorkin written, directed, based off the book by Molly Bloom. Uh, Not the character in Ulysses. No, different Molly Bloom. Different Molly Bloom. Actual real-life Molly Bloom. Who I didn't know was a, uh, like, Olympic skater. Or, uh, ski? Skier? Yeah. yeah, it's actually a big plot point in the film. Yeah, I only knew this because uh, uh, Seth Meyers had Aaron Sorkin on last yeah. week, and he talked about a little bit about the movie. Yes. But yes, um, so what's up with Molly's Game? Molly's Game is definitely Aaron Sorkin written. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Okay. It's great. It's great writing. It's great dialogue. How is he as a director, though? This is his de- directing debut. Uh, did some work. It's <laughs> the first time he's ever done it. Yes, this is the first time he's ever done it. Uh, needs some work. I can definitely tell where he's taken um, some... Some Fincher? Yes. <laughs> he's definitely been training under Fincher. Yes. You can probably tell. Yes. Uh, it definitely reminded me a lot of The Social Network. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of just, just not just dialogue, but uh, shot composition as well. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't the the big um, walkie, walk and talk. No. But there's definitely some like comedic aspects of that makes... Um, that makes this film work in terms of like keeping a scene moving when they're just sitting still. Yeah, I because mean, yeah. for some reason Aaron Sorkin likes courtrooms. Yeah, uh, he loves a courtrooms. lot. Yes, he loves courtrooms. He loves that courtroom drama. But he's but yeah, but, but yeah. even 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 scenes where two people are sitting down, he's usually pretty good at that. Oh yeah, there's one scene uh, like the main scene that keeps coming to mind is that um, they're trying to get uh, exposition taken care of between. Um, Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain. Uh-huh. And so uh, Idris Elba keeps switching seats with the character in order to, to talk to her, and then That's switching good. back, That's and good. then switching over, and then switching back, and then switching over and switching back. Yeah. And it's a good way to keep keep that thing going and like him like keep like learning new stuff to ask while not just having them sit together and just like leaning over and saying something. Right. Leaning over and saying something. Like he's physically doing something to <laughs> get get information. That's cool. And it's a good it's a good tactic. Uh, so that's just part of like good screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, other than that, just get Chastain. Definitely gonna get an on for this thing. Okay, cool. She is a force. Uh, whether she'll win, I don't know, but she definitely carries that entire movie. Okay. And she is a delight to watch. Not just because she gets put in skippy dresses and you just see her <laughs> cleavage everywhere. But also, but just because she has an actress is well done and well well directed in this thing. Uh, definitely, definitely check out Molly's Game. Okay. Uh, this is definitely a go out there, go watch it. Um, let's see if Doctor's chiming in. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, definitely go out there, go watch this thing. Uh, if you're a poker player or you like the game of poker, watch this thing. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, they because it's LA, they bring up Commerce Casino. Oh. I was like, ha! 
I know what that is. Like, ha! I know who they're talking about. Okay, cool. But yeah. Alright, so one, uh, one don't bother right now and one go see it. Yeah. Uh, Holiday season, uh, January is going to be pretty slow in terms of movies. So, this thing should stay in theaters and, um... Yeah, definitely give it a watch, uh, especially coming around Oscar uh, award season here. Expect Jessica Chastain to get some buzz. All right. Well, you know what doesn't have buzz, and we're moving to the news here, is Netflix is bright. Oh, yeah. So this thing has been all over the internet for all sorts of reasons, and none of them good. Yes. Same people are... So, should, so since we saw bright, do we have to review it? Well, we didn't really see it. We well, saw parts of it. We, we watched at least the, la- the latter... Two-thirds no, of it. No, we don't need to review it. We can okay. just say what the, 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 the reviews have been like on the internet, which have not been positive. Yeah. Uh, people are uh, kind of dogpiling on this thing as pile of garbage. But uh, one of the people who really think it's a pile of garbage are people who work at ADI. And here's why. <laughs> uh, Netflix's new film, Bright, was made, with, of course, with special effects and makeup artists. Says, you know, you'd need to in a movie that's in a, a fantasy Right, especially with like orcs and yeah. elves and fairies. It's like very fantasy. fantasy. So, ADI uh, was one of the largest crews on this movie with one with 60 artists and technicians creating about 50 hero makeup and other 85 background masks. But guess what? They were not credited for the film. They're not in the credits at all. So, of course, uh, they went on the internet and uh, posted, I saw some people that I follow on Twitter kind of following this story, and basically to say, hey, uh, yeah, we worked really hard on this movie and we didn't get uh, recognition for it. What's up, Netflix? Yes. Essentially. Uh, So, has Netflix responded to this at all? Uh, Um, How close have you been following this story? uh, So, earlier today, Mm -hmm. on ADI's site was a list of all the people yeah. attached to this thing. They kind of went and did it themselves yes. because it wasn't being represented in the film. Yes, I tried looking that up that same site uh, just now, yeah. like like half hour ago, and I couldn't find the actual link. So okay. my guess is that they took the link down to that and that they have worked something out with Netflix already. Or if they haven't worked something out, they're at least talking to them and maybe trying to get some sort of thing Yes, uh, Yes, because over the weekend, you know, People are going to go watch it. Like, if you worked on it, you're going to watch it and see, like, everything and make sure that you're in the credits. Because being in the credits is one way that uh, IMDb makes its stuff official because you yeah. can go in there and see it. And if it's not there and you can't verify it, then how do we know we worked on it? But also, more importantly, you should get credit for the work you've done on a movie. Yes. So it's kind of BS that they, you know, did such, such like, extensive work on a movie like this yes. and didn't get called out for it. Like, that's just ridiculous. Right. So because it is a streaming service, I'm sure Netflix has a way to just add it in real quickly since it is hope, it, right? since it is a in end credits thing. Yeah. So. Let's hope. Uh, yeah, let's hope yep. Netflix uh, makes the right decision here and works with ADI to get them represented. Yep. Uh, okay, so do we have some comments to address here? Uh, no, this is basically just the doctor chiming in that I didn't know this, that, but she doesn't have Netflix. Ah, huh. So, uh, Doctor, this will be your uh, extended Christmas present. I will give you my Netflix Aww. login. And because you'll be laid up for two months, um, I'll <laughs> let you catch up on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just know that one extra login, too. So go. so I got my parents, this one, my room, and then I have a fourth one that I don't just, that I'm just saving. Yeah. So I guess that's where it's going to go now. There you go. I thought you already had Netflix, which is weird. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. Next we have, uh, so are there movies you want to see? Because if there are, Google Play has got you cover. Are there movies that you want to see that came out this, this year? year? So Google Play, now until the second of the new year, you can rent any movie for one dollar. Yes, $0.99. Cents. Uh, discount is applied at checkout, so uh, you can choose films, such as films that happened this year, like you've written down uh, Kingsman, Golden Circle, yes. uh, Dunkirk, or even Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, some, some of the big movies. The big movies that came out this year that are already available to stream, you can get for $1. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, so yeah, you can... Uh, uh, download it before the or uh, buy it before the second, but you can redeem it uh, before the fourteenth. Uh, and once you rent it, you'll have thirty days to watch it uh, and forty-eight hours to 
finish once you've started watching something. It's typical uh, for a lot of the similar streaming uh, download services as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can use the, the banner on their site, I guess, to click in and get the deal. Yeah, because otherwise it won't register it at, at checkout as a discounted code because it won't be in there. Yeah. So click the banner to just to make sure that you get the discounted code already but applied. But a way to get caught up. Yes, I mean for a dollar you can get Dunkirk in 4K. Yeah, dollar dollar bill, man. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's not so great is uh, some difficulties between Universal and Harry Shearer and the other actors from This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah. So we've been following this thing uh, since it was announced, and it turns out this thing may actually get thrown out of court. <laughs> so, uh, as a little bit of a recap, there were some issues about intellectual property rights, about uh, residual payments for the actors that. Uh, we're in specifically Harry Shearer. Yes. He's known to be litigious about money he thinks he's owed. Uh, from the movie uh, This is Final Tap, the classic uh, mockumentary about the metal band. Right. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Vivendi, uh, parent company of uh, the, the company that owns all of this crap, uh, asserts that the lawsuit is nothing more than an ordinary breach of contract claim, and the allegations towards how the studio attempted delaying discovery of the claims or didn't enforce in- intellectual property rights. So, basically, they're saying that Vivendi knowingly told the plaintiffs that they were providing accurate statements, maximizing revenue, as this would boil down to an accounting error. Basically, right. our classic Media Boat podcast patented accounting error yes. is the problem here. We're not jipping you. Right. This is basically Vivendi's way of saying that, well, we didn't know because it was accounting error, so yeah. therefore you can't sue us for stuff that we didn't know about. So let's just throw it out and act like none of this happened. Right, we're just going to throw it out and then just give you what you're owed instead of the extra $4 million for back pay. Which is probably fine, because Harry Shearer just wants his money. Right. It's literally all he wants. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll figure this out. They'll probably just hand him a check and say, you're good. Whether but, it's enough for them remains to be seen. Right. The big thing here is whether Vivendi knew that they were doing this on purpose. Yeah. Because uh, if they did, then there is court precedent for this to go ahead to trial. And then they'll get all the evidence of when they found out, if they found out, how long this has been going on for. Yeah. But for the meantime, this thing could just end up being accounting error and then fixing it via third party. Yeah. So... Eh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and finally, our last story for the day is about another big fantasy film from Disney, uh, which we brought up on this podcast uh, once before, based on the book Artemis Fowl. So we have come some uh, casting announcements. Yes. About Artemis Fowl, uh, directed, of course, by Kenneth Branagh. Yep. Uh, recently off of, or uh, he just recently premiered. Sorry, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. To critical reviews. So, starring as Artemis Fowl, the titular character will be Ferdia Shaw, making his on-screen debut, beating out 1,200 other candidates for the part. Yeah. So, this was a big role. Think Harry Potter style. Yeah. In terms of uh, young adults. Big cattle call for it. Yeah. So, we found... Ferdia. Yep. Ferdia is a great name. Yes. Uh, also in the film, Josh Gad will be playing a character called Mulch Diggums, <laughs> and he, that is a kleptomaniacal dwarf, so a dwarf that steals stuff? Yes. Okay, I didn't read the books, so... Well, no, neither did I, but Josh Gad <laughs> as a dwarf, a comedic dwarf thief is yeah, pretty good casting. Uh, uh yep. The good. one and only Dame Judy Dench will be the leader of the fairy police force named Commander Root. That makes sense. Yeah, check yes. it out. And uh, Laura McDonald will be uh, the elf hero, Captain Holly Short. Uh, Nonso Anosi will be Butler, our Miss Fowl's bodyguard, and was recently in uh, Disney's uh, live-action Cinderella. Yes. Uh, the film will hit theaters on August 9th, 2019. Yes. So, so another year before Yep, this so this thing just got its official casting. They're going to go into uh, costume design and pre-production. To before it gets about a year's worth of visual effects added to it. Yeah. Because it sounds like this thing is going to be effects heavy. I just hope they don't go too much because one of the charms about the Harry Potter series was the use of practical effects. Yeah, so I, I don't know what they're going to do here. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah. So hopefully they don't go too overboard in terms of like the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe or um, Golden Compass. Yeah. When it comes to uh, young adult novels and just completely CGI the crap out of it. <laughs> kind of could go either way at this point. Yeah. All right, moving into TV. Yep, uh, moving on right along into TV. Sports. Yes. Uh, get ready. It's the BCS games happening on Monday. That is New Year's Day. Yep. So you're uh, bowls. Bowls and bowls. Well, currently bowl games have been going on for the past week and a half now. Yes. Uh, we have the top two teams, or sorry, top four, uh, playing on New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl and Combo. Uh, that is Georgia against the losing team and <laughs> Alabama against another losing team. Yeah. At least that's the way I see it going down. Yeah, that's at least what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, really, it's Georgia, Oklahoma, and then... Um, uh, not Auburn, the other guys. Uh, yeah, Clemson and Alabama in a rematch of last year's um, title game. Uh, I hope Doctor doesn't like pin me for not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, you're fine. Yes, all right. I save myself. And it's also the last week of the NFL. Yes, uh, all playoff seats are set except for wild cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, because hometown heroes, the Rams yes. have officially made it and. I uh, may be going to a playoff game in L.A. First time in over, to, just like the 90s. It could happen. Yeah. That'd be cool. It'd be great. Alrighty, that's your sports. Moving on to proper TV news. Yes. Sesame Street. You like Sesame Street, right? Who doesn't love Sesame Street? Well, guess what? What? I'm trying to get to the part where this has to do with Sesame Street. Oh, <laughs> Oh, the fact that it got a oh, grant? Oh, uh, Sesame Street will be part of something. Uh, part of building a digital TV, mobile, and in-person curriculum, for curriculum that aims to provide tools for kids affected by uh, the refugee movements in the Middle East. So refugees from the Middle East uh, uh, got a $100 million programming grant uh, via the International Rescue Committee. Right, the IRC. Yes. Uh, an estimated 9.4 million children will be able to use this specialized program. So, yeah, uh, they will focus on special topics like inclusion, respect, gender equality. The content will be available at no cost to the children. It will be available through TV programs, on mobile phones, and other digital platforms. This is great because it will keep Sesame Street alive in terms yeah. of um, relevance. And international. And international presence, too. That's pretty cool. Yes. And uh, those are great characters to teach you stuff, as we've learned from the last 40 years. <laughs> yes. Uh, turns there's, out. Yes, there's nothing. remember things that uh, Sesame Street has taught them. In fact, I still remember the thing about near, far. And, like, the, the person's way over there. Yeah, we, we would run back into the screen. Yeah, and stuff like that. And one of these things <laughs> is not like the other. One of yeah, these yeah, things stuff just does, doesn't. So clearly it works. Yeah, right. And, uh, of course, there's also the, the count. Yes. The uh, counts. One, up. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> two, two bananas. So, yeah. uh, uh, uh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So just introducing Sesame Street to the Middle East and expanding its global dominance. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we have a follow-up to a couple stories. Uh, this next one. Yes. Not only a follow-up to recent FCC regulation changes that we record, uh, we uh, covered about uh, large companies being able to buy local stations. Right. But also, this touches back into something we talked about earlier this year after uh, John Oliver did his piece about the Sinclair Broadcasting Group. Yes. So the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, instead of what we thought was going to happen, gaining more power, get this, has lost a little ground. <laughs> so they've gotten story. fined by the FCC itself for $13.4 million for doing exactly what John Oliver talked about, which was running sponsored content as news. Yes. So yeah, the programming is broadcasted more than 1,700 times, but failing to disclose that a cancer foundation was paying for those programs to air got them the fine. Yep. Uh, so this... So, well, well, it's a good thing to know uh, cancer, cancer Foundation yeah. to, to put this information out there. It is still paid programming. It is FCC regulations to have to surface the sponsor of your programming. And not only that, if it's news, it can't be sponsored by something. Right. Yeah. Uh, news in, in terms of a news program. Right. Uh, that's why, like, uh, several uh, YouTube shows that I see, whenever they do do, they do do, 
They do do. do, do. They, they do have <laughs> sponsored content. Yeah. They announce it either up front or at the end. Hashtag ad. Yeah, hashtag ad. <laughs> like this video was brought to you by ad. We'll talk more about it at the end. Yeah. So uh, this, of course, puts the brakes on one of the the thing that we all thought was going to happen. Oh, yes. We all assumed this was a done deal. Which but... is that they were going to merge with uh, Tribune Media, which is the whole thing about why there was a threat of them expanding their empire. Right. But and now that might not happen. Yes. So this has put the brakes on that potential deal. So, yeah. For now. That could be good. Yes. So Sinclair and Tribune uh, are kind of a, could be a duo in the future, but... What else is a duo is, of course, every season of True Detective. Yes. True Detective will be starting early 2018 with its third proper season. And as we previously reported, um, Herschel Ali will play uh, in, in, in the series. But now we know his name. He'll be police detective Wayne Hayes. And production will be in northwest Arkansas. Yes, production begins, uh, begins in, uh, next month, 2018. January, uh, they've already signed all their permits for North Arkansas. The it actually take the story will actually take place in Northern Arkansas as well. And guess what? We have a second person. Um, it's not really clear here uh, whether that this is her his partner, right, or just another person in the plot. But uh, Carmen Ejogo will play a character named Amelia Reardon, a school teacher with a connection to two missing children in 1980. It's a period piece this time. A uh, little synopsis is uh, it'll tell the story of a macabre crime in the heart of the Ozarks and a mystery that deepens over decades and plays out in three separate time periods. Right. So just because uh, the teacher was set in the 80s about the disappearance, it's not going to necessarily, necessarily be exclusively in 1980. Right. 80s period piece. So, uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that seems all right. We'll see. Yep. Okay, uh, that is it for proper television news. Uh, to cancel. Well, something no, else to add. No, there is one last thing. Because it is the end of the year. Well, that's um, what I was just going to say, but okay. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to jump down here. No, I here. Okay. I was going to introduce the segment and then do the special. Thing. Oh, okay, yeah. So let's do this. We're moving thing. into cancellations and renewals, but before we do our classics, uh, our current cancellations, because it's the last one time we're going to do this during the year, We'll have a um, in, in, in memoriam of sorts yes. for the, the soldiers we lost this year. Some yes. of them, not all of them. Uh, 32 total scripted TV shows have been canceled this year. Right. And here's just a little short list. Right, of and that's canceled, not series finale, yeah. unlike Girls, which had, was, was a proper yeah. finale. Yeah, it, was, it ended uh, because the creators want it to end. These definitely were not that case. Oh, yes. So, the list includes uh, CBS's Zoo, after three seasons. All right. That was a, usually a summer run. Netflix's uh, internet popular Sense8. Yes. Which ran for two seasons. That was the Wachkowskis. Netflix's incredibly expensive The Get Down, <laughs> after just I wonder why that thing got canceled. Netflix's um, sadly underappreciated, in my opinion, Girl Boss. After one season. Right. See, I thought that was going to be just a movie and not a series. No, that was a series. Yeah. And I was very sad that it's not coming back because I wanted to see what happened next in that thing. Uh, Fox's 24 Legacy after one season. Yes, they got replaced with Ramley and then Pandas, yes. Panda, Panda, uh, Pandas. Uh, uh. Fox's Son of Zorn after just one season. That's that unfortunate. Right. Uh, I wish there was more Zorn. NBC's Powerless yeah. after one season. That yeah. pilot was okay. Let's yeah, but apparently it <laughs> yeah, continuously it lost people. Uh, the uh, is CBS, uh, NBC's, or I forget where the blacklist is. NBC. Yeah, NBC. Blacklist Redemption. Right. This is the, the the spinoff of the blacklist. Right. The blacklist is still a TV show, but Redemption, the spinoff, will no longer be one. Rosewood after two seasons. Yeah, you liked that pilot. I, get, I don't remember. Well, at least you said it wasn't going to get canned after the first season. I didn't think so, but yet it did. And yet, second season, it yeah, got the Yeah, the second season. And Dark Matter after three seasons. Yes, this was the sci-fi hit yeah. that the internet was rooting for. Yeah, didn't make it. No. but So that's uh, your year. Uh, yeah. But let's flash forward to this week. Yes. In this week in cancellations, we have Dark. Netflix is Dark after just two seasons. We have Graves on Epics canceled after two seasons as well. No, that's dark. It's a second season. Oh, you don't have that. You need to make that clear. Oh, no, if it says canceled, it's canceled. Ah, okay, so sorry. Dark is not canceled. Dark is getting renewed for a second season. Yes. (laughs) 
But yes, Graves is still cancelled. Yeah, Graves is still cancelled. Alright, uh, unfortunately that means we're moving into the deaths. Yes. We have three deaths this week. We have Jordan Feldstein, age 45. That's young. Yes. Manager of Maroon 5 and brother of Jonah Hill. Uh, that's like three TVIL, like all in one. Yeah, jeez. Wow. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Jim Burns, age 65. He was the co-creator of MTV Unplugged. Yep. Pretty cool. And finally, Dick Enberg, 82, was a sportscaster, uh, worked on NFL on NBC and the MLB on NBC. So an NBC sportscaster. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's it. That'll do it. And that will bring us to, to music. music. I need to pull up billboard Yeah, here. we're chugging right through this. This is, this is actually going to be like one of our shorter episodes. Yeah. Because it is end of the year. Not a whole lot is going on at the end of the year. Uh, your Hot 100... There's no change in the top four. Your number one song is still perfect with Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. Uh, entering into the top five, though, right at number five is No Limit by G-Eazy featuring ASAP Rocky and Cardi B. Moving Out Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Oh. Out of the range of the list. Put it down to number six. On to Billboard 200, your albums list. Uh, as soon as it loads here. Debuting at number one this week, of course it is, is Revival by Eminem. Uh, Because that man sells records. Yes. Again, one of the few artists out there who could put something out and it will sell immediately. It's true. Despite what reviews hit about it. Yeah. Uh, Number two, Reputation, Taylor Swift. Number three, The Beautiful and Damned by G-Eazy. Number four, Divide by Ed Sheeran. And holding on probably for its last week in this top five. A Pentatonics Christmas. Yes. So that means that Eminem has a number one album yes. in 2017. It's true. Maybe the last week. Maybe. Maybe the only it. time it's up there. But he made it. But the fact that it did be number one is just how good or the legacy, I will yeah, say. Yeah, how, like, how many fans he still has. Yeah. Worldwide. Uh, but but let's release, in. we only have one new release this year. Yeah, uh, this, year. this week. <laughs> for the rest of the year. Yes, for the rest of the year. Our last release is Juicy J. With Rubber Band Business, colon, the album. Yep. It's a good name. <laughs> All right. So. Let's move into some music news. Why yes. We? Yes. Uh, first thing we got. So, as you know, the Beatles are a very popular band. Yes. It happened. I feel like I'm doing it like a book report. Go ahead. Like in elementary <laughs> school. Uh, well, the, the, the British Empire is, very, is known to offer knighthood. To those um, uh, important people in their culture. Yes, this is where you get your sirs and your dames. So, of course, we all know that Paul McCartney, of course, is Sir Paul McCartney. Right. Uh, because uh, he has been knighted. He has well, been back knighted. in like the 97, I think. Uh, guess what? He won't be the only Beatle who is a knight. Yes. Richard Starkey, aka Ringo Starr, yes. will be knighted this New Year's. See, I tried to trick you with that. I knew who Richard Starkey is. Damn it. You didn't trick me. <laughs> I tried to it. trick you. No. I know Ringo Starr's real name is Okay. Uh, so, yes, he will be knighted. <laughs> uh, this is all because of all the work he's done. He's done charity work with AIDS awareness uh, for abused children. The way he has it is written is look like you are saying he abused children. <laughs> no. It's not true. I don't think. I hope not. Uh, for human rights and poverty around the world and the creative arts, of course. And yes, he's been a part of the music industry for over 50 years. Yes. Uh, yeah, I see how you wrote this like a 20 questions question. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing, as if I didn't know. Yes. Uh, yes, Paul McCartney was knighted back in 97. Uh, and uh, of course, the other two, Beatles, uh, Lennon and Harrison, are not alive. So, uh, so they don't do post Posthumous. No, they don't. Night, knighthood. But yeah, uh, Franco had gotten to age 77 and just figured that he wasn't ever going to get this kind of honor. But yet, here we are. Yep. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Paul McCartney had been, like, egging on the queen to yeah. give him knighthood. It's like, what about Ringo? He's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's still a part of the band. Yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still pretty cool. So, uh, I guess pestering the queen finally worked. Yeah. Or someone. Something. Some Ringo fan decided to slip his name in, and there we go. Yeah. Ring. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, so, so that, yeah, that's a congratulations to Ringo Starr, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but moving on, someone who is not knighted yet. Uh, I don't think they can she be. She would be damned. Well, uh, she's New Zealand, so I don't think yeah. she can be. Uh, I don't know how that works, actually. Right. Uh, Lord, 
Lord. Uh, oh, Lord. Who we've uh, been talking about a lot lately. Yes. Has uh, 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 also had kind of an international uh, situation on her hands, but not quite as mo- uh, much of an honor this time. Uh, so she decided to cancel an upcoming concert in Tel Aviv, Israel, after calls for a withdrawal due to the capital casual boycott. You would think that, but uh, according to some people, that might not be the capital of Israel anymore. I don't know. I don't know who to believe at this point. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of artists are dropping out of, of of concerts over there recently over the uproar out of our president's decision uh, to to make... move t- to recognize Jerusalem yes. as the capital instead of you know everyone else in the world saying that it's Tel Aviv and not starting international war. Right. It's it's just yeah. It's 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 not really keeping in mind that there's a. Enough tension there already that we don't need to really add logs to that fire. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, so this has, uh, uh, so she of course said uh, that I've received an overwhelming number of messages and letters and have a lot of discussions with people holding many views. And I think the right decision at the time is to cancel the show. Uh, the follow up here that you actually don't have is that apparently a lead dignitary in Israel actually called Lord up and requested to have a meeting with her. Okay. So we'll hopefully see the outcome of that at some point. But yeah, so yes. we're going to have a little sit down. Yes. A little talk. This means that it, the, that it may not like be canceled, but it said rescheduled or and something. relocated or yeah, something. Yeah, or something. I don't know what will happen. Right. Uh, but we'll see. That will be very interesting to see what kind of what regard, like, comes out of that. Uh, but yeah, other artists who have recently canceled their uh, uh, concerts in Israel include Roger Waters, Elvis Costello, uh, Thurston Moore, uh, Lauren Hill, and more. What year is it? Uh, I guess it's 1997. <laughs> All right, moving on. Narls Park, 1997. Lord wasn't even alive, by the way. Um, <laughs> just to put that into perspective how young Lord is. Yes. Uh, next up, Narls Barkley. It is 1997. Yes. Uh, the duo, of course, of CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse, that's Narls Barkley, are getting back together exactly 10 years after the release of their sophomore album, The Odd Couple. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is weird, considering I feel like the public perception of CeeLo Green has yet to really 100% turn around. Oh, no, this is why they're doing it, because people don't realize, I think most people don't realize that they're the same person. And he's kind of a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyways, the interview, the project, is, they said it was about halfway done, and may include some previously unreleased material from both musicians. In the meantime, CeeLo has released a new track called Brick Road, produced by Danger Mouse which will appear on his upcoming mixtape called Songbirds. Yes. So somebody's trying to make CeeLo happen. Right. CeeLo's <laughs> trying to be uh, relevant yet again. Okay. Uh, Danger Mouse, always been producing. Yeah, he's never stopped. <laughs> always keep producing. Oh, yep. A-B-P. A-B-P. Oh, A-B-P. It was A-B-P after Danger Mouse. All right. He always be producing. You know who is always producing? Is Kendrick Lamar. Yes. So, recently... Hawthorne police have recovered a hard drive containing more than $1 million worth of original music that was stolen recently from a car belonging to Derek, quote, this is, I guess, his nickname, his yes. DJ name, mixed by Ali Ali. Yes, Derek Ali. Who is Grammy award-winning mixer. Uh, the theft occurred December 7th outside of an equinox. I guess he was... That's a gym. I guess, yes, I know. I guess he was checking the, the, the joint for Kanye. Yeah. Uh, because Kanye... Uh, Needs to know uh, uh, everyone who's in the Equinox and see if they're a freak or not. Uh, that's a literal lie. I know, that's, that's a lie. Like, uh, somewhere in Life of Pablo. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, also, that guy's name is De Beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Uh, however, another copy of this remains at large. This device was encrypted, but Ali was still glad to get one copy back, although it still re- remains unclear whether any of Lamar's music was officially on the recovered hard drive. Right, because it's a hard drive and police are not allowed to yeah. access it, Right, it is uncertain whether it actually had any Kendrick Lamar stuff yeah, on it or not. Mattered, yeah. But because he does work like almost exclusively with Kendrick Lamar... It's safe to guess. It's safe to guess that at least somewhere something on that, on that hard drive was of a Kendrick Lamar-produced track. Uh, but the good news here is they got the purpose. Yes. The police, which you have pol- uh, capitalized, which means Sting was involved, yeah. <laughs> um, arrested Chonjero Espinosa, age 23, who left his fingerprints all over Ellie's car door during the break-in. Like yes. a smart, smart criminal. Yes. <laughs> Apparently him and his partner would would routinely go around to uh, gyms in L.A. and then 
watch them leave, and then bring it to their cars and steal anything of value. Uh, so Les so whether or not, so this means that whether or not they knew who he was or not, yeah. probably not. But they just saw a hard drive, or they just you know just took everything. My question is, if it was the police, was Stuart Copeland there too? Stop the police jokes. <laughs> Sorry, you have capital P. I know I do. Not police. <laughs> Anyways. That's it for music. Yes. Moving into video games. Yeah, moving right along to to wrap up the end of the year and vi- end of video games here. The end of video games forever. They're done. Yeah. Uh, we have Valve. Uh, we know there was always news about Valve, but this time it takes place down under. Yep. This is actually bad news for Valve. Yeah. The full court of the federal court of Australia. That was the actual name? Yes. <laughs> it's funny. Court inside of court. Yes. Um, has dismissed an appeal by Valve against a ruling that it engaged in misleading or deceptive conduct and made false or misleading representations about consumer guarantees. Valve's appeal against a $3 million penalty was also dismissed. Because it carried business in Australia, it was therefore bound by Australian consumer law in its dealings with customers, although Valve was based in the U.S. This sets precedent that overseas-based companies must abide Australian law when doing business in Australia. Right. No surprise there. That's usually the case. Right. Uh, we already know that the film business has to uh, edit a lot of the stuff that goes into Australia and the video game business as well. So, uh, one of the big ones being South Park having to edit several stuff out of its yeah. video games for Australian. Uh, so by the sound of uh, what's here in the story, uh, consumer protections. This almost sounds kind of like the kind of thing that they were doing with their refunds. Yes. Is that what this specific? I believe this is what it was specific. Is that the sounds to? like what it's good? Because yeah, Valve has introduced their refund program, and it has like a certain time period where uh, I believe it's two hours that you play into the game before you're able, before that basically right gets taken away from you or something right. like that. And I'm wondering if it has to do with that, like if that's not long enough in consumer law in Australia or something. Or something to do with that. Probably something about that, yeah. But yeah, interesting, because that that does kind of set a precedent, because that's not, couldn't... Right, because this is... A, let like, other countries kind of... Right, because, because this isn't Valve-specific games, yeah. but rather Valve's Any game on streaming stream. Stream service. Yeah. Yeah, so I assume it's like just... Because Valve is the parent company of Steam, they just attack Valve as right. each individual... Uh, game no, that would be possible. That right. was the, the person who set up this consumer strategy to do the refunds in the first place, so yeah, they would be the person right. on the fire here. Moving on. Moving on. We've got a story about who. Who? 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 The World Health Organization. Oh, that who. Who. Uh, so, they will be adding a internet, uh, to their international list of illnesses, gaming disorder. Yes. So what is gaming disorder, you ask? What is gaming disorder? According to the agency, gaming disorder is being glued for hours in front of a screen, looking at highly stimulating made-up worlds, because it can take a toll on developing brains. Most people who play video games, of course, don't have a disorder, but in certain circumstances, the organization says, overuse can lead to adverse effects. The criteria for this addiction, according to the organization, includes making gaming a priority, over other life interests. The point where it becomes like an addiction, I guess, is what they're saying. Yes, that's what they're saying. That this is a gaming addiction where all you think about is the game is the game itself that it seeps into your daily life to where you're unable to function outside in the outside world. I mean this is I mean, this makes some sense. There's been talks about this pretty much since video games have existed. Right. About can they be addictive? Well of course they can. Everything can be addictive just because of the way the brain gets uh, feedback uh, hormonally and, uh, like, you know, what synapses fire. Uh, because you do get a release of good-feeling chemicals right. when you do something good in a video game. And so it's specifically addicted video games, like something, for example, like you leveling, leveling up a character, mm-hmm. getting skill points and stuff like that, or winning uh, tough matches of Call of Duty and stuff like that, could make that happen in your brain and some people get addicted to that yep i don't know whether or not it can it should be like necessarily uh in their organization's like list of illnesses perhaps but if we're to the like if we're to the point where this is so the closest says, analog is gambling you can right say. so if gambling so it says also, this is more of a disorder than an illness yeah i guess that's fair uh but yeah i, I think this makes sense Shit, that's the i've heard a long time that makes sense because 
because we it's kind of it kind of ends that conversation that we've had for decades about it. It's oh like, yeah. Is can you be addicted? Of course you can. You can be addicted to chocolate. If Let's you see. Chocolate all day. You prioritize chocolate over. Let's your see. Other the thing. doctor says that uh, she possibly had a mild case of uh, this disease mm-hmm. when she downloaded Roller Coaster Tycoon on the <laughs> iPad <laughs> and just constantly played that for hours hey, on end. Hey, that checks out. <laughs> I mean, that's been like, I'm, sure, I'm sure all of us could name a game that we were addicted to. I guess I can time. I can name one. Okay. It's actually our next story. Alrighty. Moving on, of course, <laughs> we got Kingdom Hearts news. That's my game addiction. I sure cons- is. Yep, the fact that it's well, even a part of the news story just shows how much. So it is. we have some leaks that have leaked. Leaked all over the place. Yes. Showing a Monsters Inc. world. Yes, this is exciting because this is the second Pixar world that is uh, possible. We have already... Kingdom Hearts uh, has already confirmed Toy Story as a world, and uh, this could mean that Monsters, Inc., especially with all those doors... Yeah. ...could be another world. Uh, yeah, you have that written down here. Uh, first potential confirmation also of something called Unversed coming into the foray as an enemy. What is Unversed? Yes. Uh, for those of you that have played Kingdom Hearts... Birth by Sleep. Which is all five of you out there. Yeah. The, yes, the Vita game that was also part of the 2.5. Right. Uh, this is that enemy, the unversed enemy in there, uh, which possibly hits at the return of a villain in terms of Vanitas. If all this does not make sense, don't yeah. worry. Just play the games. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, screenshots also show off new mechanic of clothing changes and up to two additional characters joining the battle phases as Mike and Sully from Monsters get into the action with you. So right. So this is alongside some monsters. So this is in addition to Donald and Goofy being right. a, a part of your team. Meaning five characters battling at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, they, right now I'm going through uh, Final Fantasy 15 and you're doing four characters at the same time. There's ability there to where you can swap uh, between playing as per character. Yeah. So that makes sense that they're expanding on that. Uh, whether or not you'll be able to like specifically play as them, another thing. Probably not because this is an RPG. No, yeah, style it's, game. Yeah, it's less less about more having a party than less less than controlling every single aspect. Right, but one of the interesting things about this is that is the clothing mechanic has it. It appears that you're not really like dressed up as a monster, but instead are wearing. Tigger-esque pants. Hmm, tigger pants. Yes, they're very orange and they're very striped. Sounds all right. Yes, Sounds and there's like also a pants. tail. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that just changes everything, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, according to uh, some of the leaked images, it looks like there's still some things that they're not quite done with. It looks like it's still kind of in its beta stages. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're, they're basically doing bug tests and they just got screen grabs from this. So, in all likelihood, look to fall 2018. Yeah, that's where the internet's yeah. pointing it. Makes sense. Fall 2018, if not... Um, Later. Early 2019, which yeah. is where I'm actually putting it at. Maybe like March. I can yeah. see that being a March game. Yeah. March 2019. But anyways, uh, yeah, that, that's it for our proper video game news. We also have played a couple of video games, but we'll be brief. Because they're not really that new. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune now have console editions for modern consoles, including the one we have on the PS4. Yes. We downloaded this. We've been trying it. One is uh, pretty good. The other is, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't played it. You have. Yes, I have. So let's, uh, what do you think about the Jeopardy, since that's the one we both played? All right. uh, Jeopardy is fun, except for one thing. There is no Alex Trebek. Yeah, weirdly, weirdly absent from Alex Trebek. Although uh, Johnny Gilbert's in it. Yes, I still Announcer that. Johnny Gilbert opens the game for you. But yeah, they have this lady reading, uh, uh, like not even reading the clues, but, but no just one the categories. So like reading out the categories and saying the interstitials. Uh, Alex Trebek is nowhere in this game. Yeah. Though the male AI character's silhouette is very obviously Alex Trebek. Oh yeah. So I don't know if they couldn't just get his likeness or what. What was going on? But yeah, uh, other than that, it seems like a real good... Uh, Maybe they had to pay too much for his mustache. Maybe. <laughs> it's a good modern take on a Jeopardy game. It's uh, kind of a, ch- uh, a multiple choice kind of thing, but it's all based really on buzzer speed. Yeah. Just like the real game. And it, it feels pretty accurate, surprisingly accurate to the TV show. 
uh, complete with a, a quick mode that only gives you four categories if you want to go quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, leveling up, where you unlock more categories yes, as you uh, get better. The level up system is great. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, just it's, it's easy to rank up, and it makes you, you know... I think it unlocks harder questions, too. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, uh, right so now... It's out pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, as we go on, maybe it'll get more difficult. Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what about Wheel of Fortune? Um, this thing was free, and yeah. I can see why it was... F- well, okay, right now well, there is... A, or not right now, I think that may have ended. But there was a bundle uh, that bundled both Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune together for just $20, when they're usually $20 a piece. Yes. So, yeah, we got Wheel of Fortune kind of along with the ride. And I decided to play a round of it. Yeah. Um... That's pretty much all I could play because there is a pet Zajac or Vanna White. Uh-huh. Um, however, the announcer is still there. Doing, and they used, like, actual footage of, of like, the, the prize wheels, you could say. Uh, which are, like, do like, cruises or, like, trips to wherever. But it plays out very similar to a... A regular uh, show of Wheel of Fortune. Okay. The big drawback being is that the power bar is very small. So you can either do a small power or a big power. There's no real in-between. Like, there's no, like, finesse you can put yeah. on the wheel. That's unfortunate. Right. I mean, like, I expected the thing to go, like, like all the way, like, halfway power. But no, it just goes, <laughs> like, like this. A little bit. Just a little up and down. <laughs> uh, if you press and hold it, there's it doesn't even go like up and down. It just goes up one way. If you press and hold, it just do a full power spin. If you like tap it, it'll just do a little one, and it, it's the power system's really messed up. Man, that sucks. Yeah, but oh, well. but it's just like a classic thing that gave a hangman. It's it works. Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. Besides that, then yeah, okay. but yeah, the fact that there is no Pat Sajak or Vanna White is kind of like. Why? Yeah, what a waste. What a waste. Uh, but there is a customized character customization in this oh. that I wish there was in, in Jeopardy. Jeopardy. But unfortunately, you don't see anyone in Jeopardy. Yeah, the take in Jeopardy is, is interesting because it basically removes any, like, actual people. Yeah. Like, it's just, here's a very, like, gamey version stagnant. of this thing. Yeah, here's a very stagnant quiz show version. Because the one on the 360 had avatar support. And mm-hmm. So you could play with your avatars. Uh, complete with crazy clothing that you gave them yes. and everything. And this one doesn't have that. But yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, they're, they're pretty solid as they are. I mean... Yeah, the leveling up system in Real Fortune is you win the game. Well, one, you have to win the game first. And then it'll give you uh, level up points and the more you level up, the more stuff you unlock. Yeah. To like change your character, change the dressing of the of the show or like different prize, prizes on the prize wheel. So yeah, uh, probably coming up soon, we'll probably do some streaming of both the games. Uh, we might as well. Uh, coming up pretty soon here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be on Twitch.tv at some point uh, doing some streaming of some of America's favorite games, as they were called in the bundle. Actually, yeah, when you uh, first uh, play uh, Wheel of Fortune, yeah. that's actually one of like the, like, oh, fun fact, uh, Wheel of Fortune has trademarked America's favorite game. Yeah, America's favorite game. Yes, which is... Interesting and also not true. <laughs> Everybody knows it's Monopoly. No, it's Cash Cab. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Cash Cab. Everyone loves Cash Cab. All right, so that's it. That will do it for that is the end Boat podcast. That is the end of season two of Weed Boat uh, podcast. A proper podcast, of course. If you know us, we're not done. Uh, this uh, last this week will be wrapped up, like we said, with our wrap up shows. Uh, we already have movies and TV in the can. We will have music tomorrow and video games on Friday, so stay tuned for those. We also have one final podcast that will hit at the end of the year for you that will be the entire year of 2017 in review. So stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on things we've done in the past written-wise, there's MediaBoatPodcast.com. There is where we've been posting, number one, all our wrap-up lists for you in written form on the site all week. We also do regular features such as box office numbers every weekend and new releases every Friday. So check those out as well, as well as our thoughts when we see, play, listen to, or watch something uh, that we love. We'll talk about it. Or hate. Yep. Sometimes that too. We'll talk about it on MediaBoatPodcast.com. You can also find us on social media. 
Twitter, we're at MediaVoteCast. Facebook, just search MediaVoteCast. Find our page. Like it. Find us on Twitch.tv for video games. We'll be streaming soon, so check that out. Twitch.tv slash MediaVote. You can also find us on iTunes if you want to hear our audio versions of the podcast. That would be iTunes. Just search MediaVote Podcast and other podcast devices as well. Finally, if you want to help us out with some money, we have Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaVote is where you can go to help us out with some donations. You can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us out make and make us uh, have us make better content than we're already making already and become an exclusive member of our special patron crew. So check that out. In the meantime, we will be back next in 2018. Year. Next year. For another proper episode of the Media Boat Podcast. That's going to be the start of season three for and us. And that will be, of course, live on YouTube. Just search Media Boat Podcast. Subscribe to our channel. Comment on our videos. Give us some thumbs up. Yep. Whatever you want to do. We'll be back in 2018. 18, so see you then. Uh, still going live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on YouTube. 8 p.m. Pacific oh. on YouTube. We've so we'll be it. back. Have a good 2017, you guys. It. Have a good Happy New Year, and we'll see you next year. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.